We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to a very depressing episode of Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo Sports Talk and more. I am your very depressed host, Patrick Moran. Uh, thank you, as always, for locking in, in the show, whether you're listening to this in audio podcast form, hopefully sometime on Monday, or whether you're checking us out on the video side, which if you are, maybe you are doing so live. Uh, it's around 11 p.m. on Sunday night, and the Buffalo Bills, of course, just lost by a field goal to the Kansas City Chiefs, ending. Uh, Ending a, a very, well, this is, will go down as a very disappointing season. I mean, let's not uh, beat around the bush here. I want to let you know, too, this. I'm doing this literally, like, in the moments. I had a live stream scheduled for actually an hour ago, and I didn't want to do it. I, I didn't want to do it. I needed some time to to get some thoughts together, and I still do. I'm uh, still within, what, an hour or so after this game ended. I'm going to need some time to, and a lot of fans as well, to decompress a little bit from this game. I need to watch this game back. I need to hopefully be able to dive into some film as hard as it's going to be in some ways over the next few days. And maybe at that point, I'll have some measure takes and maybe a little bit more uh, measured observations. Obviously, we're doing this right now, essentially in real time. And like I said, I am on the video side, at least putting out there live. Don't know how many people are going to catch this live at 11 o'clock following a season ending loss. As a fan, to be completely honest with you, the last thing I want to hear right now is some fucking Buffalo Bills talk, but it's kind of my responsibility, my obligation uh, to do this by myself solo. This is not going to be long. The episodes in the coming days will be much more, uh, like I said, much more thought out. I'll have some some better observations, some format, some structure uh, to them. For the people that might be leaving comments, which we usually do here on the live stream, I usually open that up and welcome it. You're more than welcome to leave a comment. But again, being by myself here and trying to throw things together and kind of in the heat of the moment, don't take it personal if I don't get to your comment, your question, get it up on the screen or or discuss it. Just want to let you know that uh, right off the bat. So 
I don't know. I, I, I guess right now you got to start with just as a fan, I guess, I guess being all in and in the hours and in the days and maybe weeks or so, as we process this season ending in the manner that it did, which is for the second consecutive year, a divisional divisional round loss at home on your own field. I think what's harder for me to, to take this loss and a lot of you out there who might be watching or listening right now is that this was a football team that was literally, and I mean, quite literally financially all in, this was an all in team financially salary cap wise. And look, we got plenty of time, weeks, months to discuss the Bills' salary cap situation. And we certainly will in the episodes ahead, but the, the cliff notes version, the, 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 the quick story here is the bills are going to be in horrible. And I mean, horrible salary cap, uh, position going into this off season. This was the year that Brandon Bean was able to go out and go get one year guys, veterans like Leonard Floyd, like Puna Ford, like Trent Shurfield, like Deontay Hardy, just a lot of signings to be able to fill your roster out with veteran depth talent. So they're not going to have that uh, going forward. So for that reason, I kind of felt like this was, and we talked about it on the show, and I'm sure a lot of you agree with this. This season was the Bills, I don't want to say it was their last chance to, to get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl with this regime. As long as Josh Allen is playing the way Josh Allen does, the way he played tonight, the Bills are always going to be in the mix for a Super Bowl. But this was their last golden opportunity. The last year, at least for the next couple of years to come, where money really wasn't a big issue. You want to go out and you want to make a trade for a Stephon Diggs and give him a big fat contract, you could do that. You want to go out and pay exuberant money to Vaughn Miller because you think he's the missing piece that's going to bring Patrick Mahomes down in a playoff game? You're able to do that. You want to fill out your roster with two or three-year veteran guys and uh, instead of relying on rookies to get the job done, you're able to do that without much salary cap repercussion. But that's ending now. So that's why this loss right off the bat is a little bit harder for me to, to be able to stomach and to be able to take right now. Like Houston lost, uh, Green Bay lost. But if I'm a, a Packers fan, if I'm a Lions, or not a Lions fan, if I'm a Houston fan, I feel great about those teams right now, man. You're built around young stars, draft picks that you're hitting on, and boatloads of salary cap rooms. So right, right away, that to me was maybe the reason why I've been so stressed so much anxiety as I have felt, and I've talked about it on the show, that this was the Bills' last best chance to, to get to a Super Bowl this season. And they threw it away today. And I want to be completely honest with you. I'm not surprised the Bills lost this football game. Let's start there. Not surprised. And I'm being dead honest with you. Dead ass honest. Um, last week, Kuda, my guest, or my, my co-host on the show last week, and I'm not burying him because everybody was saying the same shit. They wanted KC. Feed me Kansas City. And I get it to an extent. You want to beat the champs? You do it at home in Orchard Park. The Kansas City Chiefs offense for a lot of this season stunk. This was a vulnerable team allegedly, supposedly, coming into this stadium for a uh, for a playoff game. So I get it. But I'm not surprised the Bills lost. I'm really not. You look on the other side of the field at the end of the day, that is when all said and done in his career, the way it's going right now, I think this is what, his sixth consecutive AFC championship to start his career as a starter? 
I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Patrick Mahomes, when it's all said and done, very well may go down as the greatest quarterback ever in the history of the NFL. Maybe the greatest player ever in the history of the NFL. There are There's no circumstance where I actually prefer for him to be the opponent on the sidelines. So you got Pat Mahomes out there, and you got Travis Kelsey, who has struggled for a lot of this season, which he knew sooner or later he was going to put it together. So I never was excited about playing the Chiefs. And I made that real clear all week long, too, by the way. I'm not just saying that after the fact. But anyway, I'm not surprised that they lost. But what I am surprised about is the manner that they lost. Like, if you would have told me, so this game kicked off at 6.30. If you would have told me that the Bills lose to the Kansas City Chiefs at home, I would have said, all right, well, that sucks. You know what probably happened? Josh Allen got picked a couple times. You know, Trent McDuffie made a big play. Nigeria Sneed made a big play. James Cook lost a fumble. Uh, they gave up a big special teams play. Those would have all been factors where I would have said, all right, that sucks. The Bills lost, and here's the reasons why. But that wasn't the case at all for this game. So I'm not surprised that the Bills lost. I'm surprised in the manner uh, that they lost. And I'll tell you what, in a nutshell here, folks, the Bills had a game plan, and I thought the game plan was really good. The game plan consisted of running the football, controlling the clock, sustaining drives, moving the chains, finishing drives with scores, and keeping Pat Mahomes off the football field. And it worked. Bills didn't lose this game because of their offense, folks. It worked. The problem was with the Bills' offense, if there was one problem, well, maybe two, and I'll get to one of them in a couple of minutes here, but the only problem with the Bills' offense, the only thing that didn't work was they missed out on those explosive opportunity plays. Like, they ran the ball really effectively. Josh Allen ran the ball. Cook, Ty Johnson, they ran the ball well. Short passing game was good. Those screen passes to Kincaid, uh, a couple to Diggs, Shakir, those worked really good. The Bills' offense moved the ball well. I thought the game plan was really good. The problem was the couple times where Josh threw the ball down the field trying to make something happen, his receivers straight up just let him down. There was no explosive plays. And none of that is Josh Allen's fault. So let's start there. Trent Sherfield dropped not one, but two passes. Deep balls, too. And, you know, this bothered me all week. I heard so many people say, that I think the Bills' offense is better with Trent Sherfield than Gabe Davis. Well, what fucking planet are you on? Because that is so not true. Now, don't get me wrong. Gabe Davis has not had a good season. Gabe Davis drops balls. Gabe Davis very well might have dropped both those balls just like Trent Sherfield did. That's not what I'm saying. But Gabe Davis out there is a threat. You need to account for Gabe Davis, especially the fucking Kansas City Chiefs who two years ago in the playoffs gave up four touchdowns to him. You think that's not lost on them? He's a player you have to account for. He is a fantastic run blocker, and he has the ability to haul down those plays and make a big play. Trent Sherfield dropped two of them. And I'll tell you what, Stefan Diggs, too, fourth quarter, late fourth quarter. Josh aired that one out. Felt like the ball went out of the stadium. It was so high. Run his hands, and he didn't drop it. He didn't come down with the catch. He dropped it. That hurt. So. Running the ball effectively was great. Sustaining drives effectively was great. Keeping Pat Mahomes off the field was great. 
but the Bills missed opportunities to get up two scores in part because of the defense, obviously not in part, largely because of the defense. But the only part, the only issue I had with the Bills offense, quite frankly, was again that they just missed on those explosive plays. And that really uh, came back to hurt them. Look, there's not going to be a long episode, by the way. Again, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll have a guest with me. Next couple of days, we'll kind of jump into this game more. Like I said, a little more measured after being able to watch it back. There might be some things here in real time I forget about or things that I potentially could be wrong about in the heat of the moment. But let me, uh, I want to address some, some low-hanging fruit because even in the minutes following the game on social media, especially Twitter, saw a lot of complaints about some certain things. And I call them like the low-hanging fruit. They're the things that you're always going to get when the Bills lose a football game. Um, a lot of people are pointing to the fake punt as being such a bad thing, a bad call. And I want to tell you what, maybe I'm in the minority here. I do not agree. I have no problem with that call. And obviously, Sean McDermott signed off on it, okay? But that fake punt, it didn't work, obviously. But I got no problem with that call. Number one, uh, and Tony Romo explained it. They were they were had they only had 10 guys on the field and only six guys in the box. Bills just missed a couple blocks. And again, watching the film back. And when we have a show tomorrow, the next day, we'll be able to, to really dissect, well, who, who fucked up? Who missed the block? Why didn't that work? But even right now in real time, I got no problem with that call because A, it should have worked. They had the numbers and, and B, and by the way, this was on their own 32 very early at the start of the fourth quarter. Here's their biggest reason why I don't have a problem with that play. The defense couldn't stop anybody. Sean McDermott had to be thinking, we're going to have to score quite literally every time we have the football because our defense cannot make a play and we cannot stop Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs offense. So it's a, a play nobody saw coming. It didn't work, and that sucks, and it's easy to second-guess something when it doesn't work. But when you consider the fact that you got an offense, you know you got to score because you're not stopping them, I have no problem with the call. It should have worked. It didn't work. And furthermore, it didn't negatively affect the game. In fact, if anything, it kind of gave the defense a little bit of a boost because Jordan Poyer knocked the ball out of Mikel Hardman at the, what, the half-yard line, rolled through the end zone, and it was a touchback. So that had no impact whatsoever on the Bills losing this football game. So I just want to put that out there. I got no problem with that call, and I know people were losing their freaking minds. And Maybe I was too for a couple of seconds, but it all worked out and I, and I get it. I get it. You can't stop their offense. You got to try to, to score every time you got the football. Uh, the other thing I'm hearing a lot of right away, which again, low hanging fruit, I call it Sean McDermott should be fired. Uh, if, if you think Sean McDermott should be fired or more importantly, if you think Sean McDermott might be fired, you are setting yourself up for some serious disappointment. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there is less than a zero chance that Sean McDermott is getting fired. It's not happening. Bill Belichick's not coming to Buffalo. Ben Johnson's not coming to Buffalo. Joe Brady's not getting promoted to head coach. Sean McDermott is the head coach. Sean McDermott's going to be back next season. And he was never in any real danger of getting fired. Maybe he was at the midpoint of the season when they were 6-6. Six and six. But with the run they went on at the end of the season, the injuries on defense to win a playoff game, to get to this point, which is still a flop and a disappointment. So don't think otherwise. But my point is, from a job security standpoint, Sean McDermott ain't getting fired. So if you're thinking he might, 
or you're hoping he might, you are wasting mental energy because it is not happening. And I'm going to tell you what, furthermore, Sean McDermott on this night, and I love, love to blame Sean McDermott for a lot of shit. And a lot of it is very, very well-deserved. But I'm going to tell you, man, I, for the most part, at least now in real time, maybe I might have a different opinion when I go back and watch this shit again. But right now, as we speak, as I talk to you, I got no problem with Sean McDermott, the job that he did on this game. I, re I really don't. Um, he went for it. It was fourth and one for the Bills offense very early in the game. Might have even been the first drive. It wasn't the first drive. It was the second drive. And I think in their own territory, too. And he ran the Josh Allen quarterback sneak, and it worked. That's an aggressive Sean McDermott call early in the game that prior to this run here at the end of the season, you don't see that before. You see Sean punt the ball. Um, again, the fake punt didn't work, but I don't have a problem with it because he knew his defense was not making a stop and they needed to score. And if he went down, and he did, I don't think at least, at least he didn't go down coaching scared. At least from what I saw, at least that's how I feel right now in this moment. This wasn't a conservative Sean McDermott shitting himself in the biggest moments like we've seen a lot. Like we've seen 13 seconds in Kansas City. Like we saw last year in a divisional round where this team was just completely out of gas. They had nothing left to give. And the coach could not get them up and ready to play a game against the Bengals. And they got run off the field in their own stadium. Did not feel that way. Um, at all. And last but not least, when it comes to Sean McDermott, because he's also the defensive coordinator of this team, look, man, they were shorthanded. That back seven was decimated. And that matters. That matters if you're playing freaking Zach Wilson in the New York Jets. So imagine how much that matters when you're playing the best quarterback in the world. Again, a guy who might go down as the greatest of all time. And you're without your middle linebacker, Terrell Bernard, such such an important piece. God, was he missed on this game. Oh, my Lord. Um, Teron Johnson played. Just didn't seem like Teron Johnson, though. Teron Johnson, an all-pro slot quarter, got beat on a, a long pass, missed a couple tackles, a little bit late getting there, came back from a concussion, only practiced limited all week. I think that showed. Uh, Rasul Douglas, um, he wasn't good. He looked slow, looked uncommitted to... Now, he did make one play where he, he hit, uh, I can't remember who he hit, but he forced the fumble. One then ended up being a turnover. It was early in the game, too. But he had that play. But outside of that, he got nothing from uh, Rasul Douglas. So that back seven was just completely banged up. And you got guys like Cam Lewis and Saran Neal playing meaningful snaps in a, in a playoff game against the Kansas City Chiefs. So all things considered, man, I just, this ain't the game. At least right now, how I feel right now. This is not the day in the game where I'm going to sit there and I'm going to point the finger hard at uh, Sean McDermott. Um, another guy that I, ju I just been like literally before I went live here on the video side, I seen a lot of people blasting Vaughn Miller. I'm like, what freaking game are you watching right now, man? What are you watching? Vaughn Miller. You ready for this? And this is not something I expected. Well, you know, I, I, let me take, let me walk it back a little bit because I thought Vaughn Miller could have an impact on this game. But what I did not expect before kickoff, was Vaughn Miller was the best player on the Bills' defensive line on Sunday, with the exception of maybe Greg Rizzo. But you know what? I'm going to put Vaughn right there at the top. To me, 
Vaughn Miller was the best player on the Buffalo Bills defensive line in this playoff game. And that, folks, is not a compliment even to Vaughn Miller, although he made a couple nice plays and he played well. That's not a compliment to Vaughn Miller. You know what that is? That is a fucking indictment on the rest of the defensive line. That is exactly what that is. And more on that in a quick second. And then the last thing, the low-hanging fruit, and this is one that I really can't disagree with, but Tyler Bass. If we were killing Tyler Bass, and I think he stinks in cold weather. I don't know, he had a really good rookie year. He was good early on, but he's got it worse. I don't trust him in cold weather. I have no confidence in him. Going back to last week's game against Pittsburgh, he shanked a short field goal. He missed another one. Um, even the extra points looked like they were all fading. Didn't have a lot of confidence in him. And it's gotten to a point with him where it's like every time he goes out there, extra point, 35-yard field goal, the 44-yard field goal that he missed today that ultimately prevented the Bills from even having a real opportunity to win this game. Every single kick was hold your breath. It felt like a 54-yard field goal was coming off his leg. Fucking brutal, terrible. And again, this is the low-hanging fruit that I tend to agree with people. I would not be surprised and not disappointed at all if this is his final kick as a Buffalo Bill, which, by the way, I haven't caught any of the post-game, with the exception I did hear Sean McDermott talk about he has a lot of confidence in Tyler Bass. And I'm like, why? Why should you? You shouldn't. Anyway, all right, real quick break. Video side, like literally a five-second break. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to give you a, a quick list of the reasons why, the, re the biggest reasons, the real reasons why the Buffalo Bills are out of the playoffs. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I am back here talking Buffalo again, live on the video side. Thank you for everyone who's uh, tuning in right now and who will listen to the show later on. Like I said, I have a lot of comments in the uh, comment section. I'm just by myself and I just don't think I'm going to have an opportunity uh, to get to them. So I, I do apologize for that, but I, I especially appreciate you all uh, listening to this episode. By the way, quick shout out to uh, the Serial Spot on Elmwood Avenue, presenter of today's episode of Talking Buffalo. All right, I said that I had a list of, for me, the biggest reasons, at least at this moment in real time here, instant reactions, the biggest reasons why the Buffalo Bills are going home now short of making the AFC Championship game yet again. Let's start here. This, is, to me, is the biggest one. An absolute, utter, disappearing act from Ed Oliver for a second consecutive AFC divisional round home playoff loss. Now, I'm not just going to put it on him. Jaquan Jones did nothing. Tim Settle did nothing. Linval Joseph did nothing. Ed Oliver, a guy who was talked about as recently as a week ago as somebody who was deserving of being an all-pro defensive tackle, a guy that I have been so, so hard on in seasons past, a guy who splashes, who flashes, who looks like Chris Jones, who we got a good look at today, he looks like Chris Jones for games or even weeks at a time. And then when he doesn't have it, you forget he's even on the field. And I'm going to tell you right now, maybe the film will tell me another story when we dive in over the next couple of days. But right now, how I feel in real time, Ed Oliver completely and utterly was a disappearing act on Sunday night. Not just him, that whole defensive tackle unit. And I know stats don't tell the story often with defensive tackles, but I'll tell you what, man, you got four goddamn defensive tackles for the Buffalo Bills. You want to hear some stats? All four of them combined, three tackles for the game. No sacks, no pressures, no quarterback hits, no nothing. And unlike last year where Daquan Jones did not play against the Bengals, and I heard a lot of people, including me to an extent, kind of make up excuses for for Ed Oliver because he's getting double teamed up the ass because there was no Daquan Jones to take away some of that pressure off him. Well, guess what? Daquan Jones played this game, played plenty. He did nothing. Oliver did nothing. That one touchdown by Pacheco, I tweeted about this. Uh, Settle and Laval Joseph, who weighs like 10,000 pounds, were on the field. They got blocked to the moon on that Pacheco touchdown. It was, it was embarrassing. It was a horrible, horrific, pathetic performance by the defensive tackles. And for me, when you talk about a defense being great, it always starts in the middle of the field, and that is your defensive tackles, and then ultimately your, your middle linebacker. And I can't, again, we can make excuses, injury excuses for the Bills, and they're legitimate, man. Terrell Menard not being there, big. Rasul Douglas, far from 100% big. Teron Johnson out there trying to tough it out, coming off a, a concussion his second one of the season, that's big. I get it. Taylor Rapp not being out there, big. We keep going. But you know what was not an injury issue for the Bills? Their defensive line, 
Every player on the defensive line was healthy, no injury designations, no mispractices all week because of injuries, no questionable statuses going into the game, and they did absolutely got nothing against the Chiefs. Nothing, zero, zilch. So if you want to start about talking about the Chiefs and the success that Pat Mahomes had and the offense had, let's start with the defensive tackle position, who made no tackles, who did not push the pocket, who did not get no pressure on Mahomes, let alone bring him down for a sack. And I can't wait to watch the film because on that last first down that Pacheco had, or he got eight yards on first down, the first down, and then he wrapped up the game on second down. I'd love to see who had a crack at him and didn't bring him down. Anyway, I thought the defensive tackle play was utterly pathetic in this game. Um, another big reason why they lost this game is talent at wide receiver. Again, I already said this earlier in the show. People who say that this offense was better off, better off without Gabe Davis, you're crazy. You're crazy. Trent Sherfield and Gabe Davis is not Justin Jefferson, but Trent Sherfield is not Gabe Davis either. So just stop with that shit, man. Um, just and this isn't a one game thing. This is many games. The Bills just lacked, and this is you know Brandon Bean didn't make a lot of mistakes with roster construction this year, but I think one of them for sure is just wide receiver. They needed another guy. They needed a more trustworthy guy, a, a speed guy. And by speed, I don't mean someone who's tiny and fast like Deontay Hardy. I mean somebody who get down the field, stretch a defense, and open up other things. And they didn't have it this year. And, and you really, you, you saw that, man. Not having that game changer killed them. They killed them tonight. You know, the Bills had opportunities, not many, but they had a couple opportunities. They would be up um, and then Kansas City would score. And then Kansas City would be up three. Bills would score. The Bills would go up four. It just never felt like the Bills, you know, that one big play touchdown that maybe gets them up by 11. Maybe, maybe it takes Kansas City off the passing game. Maybe that gets the defensive line's juices flowing, a big play. And the Bills just did it. You know, again, they sustained drives. They were effective. They should have won the game. They played well enough on offense to win the game. Sean McDermott said that. But at the end of the day, the explosive plays weren't there. And not having a wide receiver, a second wide receiver, was big. And I'll tell you what, since we're doling out wide receiver criticism, Stefan Diggs deserves plenty as well. You know, the numbers down the stretch weren't good. A lot of it not his fault. I mean, I remember at least three games in a row where Stefan toasted. He cooked somebody deep, and Josh just overthrew it. He sailed it past him. So stats can be deceiving. But Stefan dropping that ball in that final drive, man, that was huge, man. It was big. That was a big late fourth quarter drop. He just didn't seem like the same player down the stretch. I know he's banged up. I know he's had a foot issue. I know he's had some shoulder and rib issues. I'll tell you this, and I don't want to dive into the offseason all right now, but, you know, last year, Stefan, the drama, I never really thought much of it. I'm like, this dude ain't going nowhere no matter what. So be happy in Buffalo or don't be, but you ain't going nowhere. I don't know what this season offseason is going to bring. And I don't know how it's going to be for Stefan. And I don't know what he's going to say or tweet, if anything at all, in the coming days. We'll see. But I'm a little, I wasn't concerned about it last year, a little bit concerned about it. Uh, this time around. So anyway, like I said, man, uh, a disappearing act from the DTs, just not having the talent at wide receiver. Uh, well, not Khalil Shakir. He played fucking phenomenal. Um, going back to the defense, I thought the tackling sucked as a whole. Uh, Pacheco was just running through tackles, like I said, including the last one, that first down run that effectively ended the football game. We talked about injuries. Those mattered a ton. Terrell Bernard is such a great player and such a, an asset to this defense. And him being out directly did hurt the Bills. His speed is be able, 
he probably gets to, to Mahomes once or twice with the blitz, or he makes a play past coverage in the middle of the field, which was just so wonky in coverage without him, with A.J. Klein and Dotson out there, and Dorian Williams just not getting it done. Um, you know, Josh, Josh was elite. He's probably like 20th on the reasons why you could probably come up with reasons why the Bills lost this game. But as good as he was, I, I will say this. At the end of the game, got a little bit of hero ball. Like what was working, the uh, the quick screens at Kincaid, uh, dumping the ball in the flat to Cook, to, to Shakir, working in the middle of the field a little bit, running with your legs. You know, it's second and nine. You got a minute 55 left. It's second and nine from the 26. Tony Romo practically screamed out in the replay. Stephon Diggs wide open underneath. And Josh went for the big play. 26-yarder in, in the end zone for Shakir that came up short in part because Chris Jones uh, beat Deion Dawkins and Josh kind of had to throw the ball a little bit flat-footed. But I hated that decision. I hated that throw by Josh. Second and nine, man. You get another first down. You run the ball. You get it, you, you figure out something. A screen pass, something to get another first down. You're under two minutes. You're moving the chains. You're getting the ball closer. Worst case for Tyler Bass. You're making Kansas City user timeouts. And the Bills either tie or have a you know golden opportunity to win that game. My thought process is this: the defense played so bad. Even if Josh hits Khalil Shakir for a twenty-six yard touchdown, there's still a minute fifty-five left in the game, and I don't like the Bills' chances. Not the way the defense played. So, yeah, that was a that was a bad decision by Josh. But again, he played phenomenal. Josh Allen was the best player on the field, so I want to make sure that's clear. But uh, you know, just a couple of mistakes from him near the end of the game getting a little bit greedy, trying to make a big play. Same thing with third and nine. He, he, I mean, he was forced to scramble, but he tried throwing it towards the end zone. I just, I don't know if that's a Josh thing. I don't know if that's a Joe Brady thing, but to see the offense play that good for most of the game, it just, uh, it really sucks. And then the last thing that really hurt the Bills was special teams. And I already talked about the DeMar Hamlin fake punt. I don't think that was a mistake. It didn't work though. So if you call a play, even if you don't think the, the decision is wrong, the execution was wrong, so that's on special teams. So they blew a, a fake punt opportunity. Sam Martin had two shit punts. The sec his better punt only went 39 yards, and he got a lucky bounce for it to even go 39 yards. And then you missed the field goal. The, the special teams has killed the Bills for a lot of this season. And I think special teams coach Matthew Smiley, by the way, he's going to fall on the sword. I don't know how many changes the Bills are going to make. Coaching administrator personnel wise, but I'd be willing to bet that Matthew F uh, Smiley falls on the sword for uh, the play of his special teams. And then to put a wrap on this episode, and again, I will be back tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day with different guests. And uh, we'll, we'll deep dive into some of these topics a little bit more. Sure enough, going to have a lot of time to talk about it now, but uh, I feel bad for Josh Allen. I really do. I think Josh is, was the best player on the field. 186 yards passing. 72 yards rushing, three touchdowns, no turnovers, although he did fumble once. Spencer Brown saved the day there near uh, midfield. But he just did some phenomenal things, way better than the numbers indicate. And when he was running the ball and then threw a lateral to Ty Johnson for a first down, that was just incredible. He just did a lot of great things. Josh deserved better. And it sucks because a lot of Chiefs fans, a lot of Dolphins fans, of course, a lot of national people, are going to say that Josh Allen is Pat Mahomes' little brother you know, on the football field. That's what it's like. Pat Mahomes' is big brother, Josh Allen is little brother. 
And based on the way Josh plays, it's just complete bullshit, man. It's not right. 2021 playoffs, Josh Allen left the field with 13 seconds in a lead. Should have won the game. Tonight, Josh Allen played every bit as good as Pat Mahomes and in many cases better. He deserved better. I feel terrible for him. And then last but not least, I know this sounds a little bit corny, but and I feel a little bit bad for Bill's Mafia. I do. This sucks. Bill's Mafia, myself included, uh, wanted this game, needed this game. This one's going to hurt for a while because I said it all week long, put out a couple of clips on social media that this was their best opportunity to get to the Super Bowl. Not their last. You got Josh Allen out there and some of the talent they have, especially on defense, you're going to be around for a while. But this was their best chance. A team, a Kansas City Chiefs team at home that's not been good offensively. And by the way, we've talked about the Bills' injuries a lot on defense. I think this is important to note. The Chiefs were equally decimated with injuries to defense before the game and during the game. They lost, what, their, their safety Andrews? What, two, three plays in the game for the whole game? Willie Gay got hurt. They already were without their defensive tackle. I know Trent McDuffie had to miss at least a couple plays. So the Chiefs were hurting on defense too. And it showed. But anyway, I just, this was the Bills' golden opportunity. I, I, I just, I, I feel that. that. It was limitless what they could do with the salary, or, you know, with the roster. And that's out the window now. Teams are going to get better. A lot of teams suffered big injuries this year to, to star quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, as much as I hate Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, the AFC's looking to be good for a long time. And the Bills were a home game away against a very vulnerable, seemingly vulnerable Kansas City Chiefs team to, to being away from one game to, uh, to get into the Super Bowl. So, I don't know, man. You know, this is going to be a, I don't want to talk about the future today. We'll, we'll get into it, but I need more time in the process. But and the Bills are just in terrible salary cap shape. This is going to be a really interesting offseason in terms of players that they might have to release, what type of free agents they're going to have, how much emphasis they put on the draft, trades, all kinds of stuff. Maneuvering to get under the, the salary cap because they're literally over right now. Guys having to restructure, cap hits going through the roof, a couple that they're kind of stuck with. Um, I mentioned a Diggs drama. Last offseason, I didn't think it was a big deal. This time around, if it comes, and maybe it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. But if it does, I think it's going to be a problem this time around. But the most important thing is now two straight years, the Buffalo Bills, they put themselves in a position to be at home in Orchard Park for a divisional round game. In two straight years, they've lost. They've lost. It's as simple as that. And, you know, go back to last year's game against the Bengals. People like to forget. The Bengals were missing three of their five offensive linemen, and it did not even matter. The Bills' defense was powerless against the Bengals, and this Bills' defense this year, in part because of injuries, but there were enough guys out there to make plays, and they didn't. So for a second straight year, the Bills losing the playoffs, divisional round at home, primarily because of a defense that just didn't show up. And like I said, Sean McDermott ain't going nowhere. What changes are coming? I don't know. We'll, we'll start to find out soon. It's going to be a tumultuous offseason. Um, just really disappointed to fall short again. And to put a wrap on this, and again, I obviously will be back tomorrow. I'm trying to go through some of these comments here real quick. And again, I, I, I didn't get to them 
I appreciate you. I really do. I appreciate everybody who's watching and listening. I just, I don't have time to get to the comments right now. So anyway, thank you for listening. I will be back tomorrow. Don't know with who. Maybe tell him Pucks if he's not even up for it right now. I haven't talked to him. God only knows what kind of a mental state. Actually, you know what? Tone actually handles these losses better than I do. So maybe he will be up for it tomorrow. But anyway, regardless, I will be back with another episode tomorrow. Thank you very much. Be back. Talk to you.